hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne and Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne and Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping, at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And we have an outstanding guest for you right here, right now, Miss Kim Lewis. Now, Kim is from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and was a physical therapist assistant that graduated from Northeastern Oklahoma A&M. But she went through the Life Purpose Institute, and now she's a certified life coach. But ladies and gentlemen, she is a hustler. And all she is, uh, she is a licensed realtor and has the T-shirt line, Aspire Attire, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Kim Lewis. What's up, Kim? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's going on, Charles? Hey, you guys, I tell you what, Kim is like a sister from another mister. It's real right here. And Kim, tell us. OK, so tell everyone else a little bit more about yourself that I did not include in, in your intro. Yeah, I mean, it's just so much. <laughs> it's just a lot. Um, you know, like you said, I'm from Oklahoma City, born and raised. Um, lived here all my life, love to travel, but I actually do kind of enjoy Oklahoma City. You know, it's just like a little big town. I think that's the name of a country artist, <laughs> but it's really like a little big town. Um, but yeah, just honestly, I guess I can kind of start a little bit. I'll give you give you a little bit of a cliff note version. Um, just from the beginning, um, when I was born, I, I was just born with a beautiful gift. I was always told I was different. You know, um, very, grew up very, very religious, <laughs> now more spiritual than religious. Mm -hmm. You know, I love Jesus. I have a relationship with him and I just see the importance of um, a relationship versus strict rules and everything like that. But yeah, I just really believe the hand of the Lord was on my life um, at the very, very, very beginning, you know, and so yeah, just to, to kind of, um, you know, talk a little, little bit more about my life journey. Um, I've always been a person that's been able to just love people. Uh -huh. You know, I just had a special heart for people. Um, even I remember as a kid on the playground, um, really loving my friends, praying for my friends. Like I was that one. Come on, let's go over here in the corner so I could pray for you. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. just always had a big heart, always had a big heart, but always was a thinker, you know, always was a thinker, even as a little, little baby. I remember my mom had told me this story. She said when I was real young, um, just started walking pretty much. She said, I will walk with my hands behind my back. And because I was like always in deep thought. <laughs> and they, I mean, she and her um, best friend always thought that was very interesting and very strange. So it's funny. My sister whenever I'm really in deep thought or like coming up with a solution, she's always saying, Kim, get your hands from behind your back. You know, mm -hmm. so we have a running <laughs> joke. <laughs> hey, so time out. So like, 
what inspired you so much to have a relationship with the creator? Because, like, you know, I was I was a, a, a really I was deep into Christianity. So the stories uh, in the Bible, you like they still do. They they inspired me so much, like the faith of uh, I'm going to get these names wrong. This is Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> hey, <You got it. laughs> that those like the, the their faith and the faith of Abraham, like it really inspires me. You know what I mean? To have a, a, a deeper relationship with the creator. Like what inspired you at such an early age to really um, get into like your spirituality um, and that relationship with, with God, with God and the creator. And, you know, at that time, even though I felt a connection with him, just like organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, at that time, it was more of a, it wasn't a choice. <laughs> it was one of those, you know, you go to church on Sunday, Sunday morning, you go to Sunday school, mm-hmm. you go home and you eat and you come back, you know, and then you go on Wednesday, then you mm-hmm. go on Saturday, or Friday, you know, it really wasn't a choice. Mm-hmm. It was something that um, was just part of my upbringing. Um, and it was honestly, it wasn't until... Probably, but I've always had a a distinct connection with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just something I can't even explain, but there was like this deep, deeper knowing. So I heard Bible stories, you know, we would say Bible verses, you know, um, and some of it, you know, I believe we're seed, like seeds being planted, you know, because nothing is wasted, right? Especially that, especially the word, you know? And so I just believe seeds were being planted and then I will feel and just have this sometimes divine connection, you know, with the Lord. And, but then when I got older and when I actually had the choice, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> to go to church or to not, or to like develop a relationship, I always had this inner knowing of, okay, there has to be more yeah. than just, you know, this God, what is it? I mean, cause I don't want to be that believer that's always waiting on you. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to be that, you know, that, that believer that, um, or that Christian that is just a typical religious, you know, judging everybody. Cause I was very judgmental, you know, but that's judging everybody and forgetting to look at themselves, you know, or forgetting to like really look at life. If he said that he came, that we should have life and that more abundantly, how come we're not having that? What does that even look like? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, again, I'm a thinker, right? <laughs> And so I just kind of went, you know, just like on a sporadic journey, but it wasn't probably until my twenties is when I was really like, okay, now I want to have a real relationship with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Real talk. Okay. So, uh, you're, you said you were also a thinker and you were getting into that about like how you analyze everything and how you got to get your hands from behind your back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like uh, that obviously carried on all the way into this day. And that caring spirit also uh, that caring spirit also turned you into or, or I'm sorry, it evolved in high school, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it did. I believe. Yeah. It, I remember um, even when it came to um, playing sports, you know, I was already pretty athletic built anyway. And so um, I remember doesn't always mean that you're great at sports. <laughs> <laughs> You still have to cultivate, right? You still have to cultivate anything. And so um, but I remember, honestly, at that time, 
everyone, all the girls wanted to play basketball, right? Even if whether you could play or not. And so I remember I played basketball for a while. I was just like, I'd rather play street ball with the boys in the neighborhood than this organized basketball. But I still wanted to be with the girls, you know? So I ended up becoming a trainer for the girls basketball team. And then I ended up becoming a trainer for the football team. Mm. And it was then when I started realizing like, hey, I think, you know, I have a little gift because anytime they get hurt, they would come to me, you know, and my coach would teach me different things. I would call our trainer and say, hey, you know, I had this um, ankle sprain. You know what I do? And I mean, it was just I loved it. I was like, oh, my. and then not only were they coming to me for their physical things, like sometimes we would have conversations, you know, and it's just and they would just reach out and we would talk about everything. And I would just encourage them. And and it's just it was just something that just naturally flowed for me, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. So you were, I mean, so that affinity to help people was already there back in school when you said you were praying for folks on the playground. And now you've enhanced it and got into the physical and the mental part of it. So now you got the spiritual mixed with the physical, mixed with the mental. And so then you got you you just decided that you wanted to be a physical therapist in uh, college or uh, in high school and going to it in college. Yeah. So what happened with that? It was um, I remember the girls basketball coach. She was actually going to the physical therapy program at Langston. Um, years before she was our coach. And then I think what happened, she was in a bad accident, got injured, and she had to get out of the program. But she still knew some things. So remember, she was teaching me some things to do on the athletes to help them. Mm -hmm. And um, so that kind of intrigued me just seeing like the stuff working, you know. And then I remember my pastor at the time, it was my senior year in high school. Um, she had hurt her legs or something. And so just because I have a heart, you know, to help, I, sometimes I don't know what I'm doing, but, you know, I went over, my mom was like, why don't you go over there? I called her my aunt, you know, my auntie, we were really close. She said, why don't you go over there and just, you know, work on her legs. And I'm like, okay. I didn't have a job at the time because <laughs> I did not want to do telemarketing. And so, and at that time that was all you can do or fast food. And so I was like, okay, I have time to do it. So I would just go over there and just like massage her legs, work, just do whatever I thought I should do. And she started getting better. And I'm like, and she said, I just feel so much better after you work on me. I feel like I could dance. And, and she said, I think physical therapy is your, your gift. I think you need to go into physical therapy. Mm. I was like, okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, it just felt like a connection with that, you know? And so, yeah, I just, I started um, that summer Actually, I started while I was in high school in concurrent enrollment and then just went straight through. And yeah, it just it just the doors just kind of open and I walked right on through. <laughs> wow. So you it's it's funny how. Like I like I'm saying is uh, the, the spiritual side of you has been guiding you so much. You know what I mean? Like from the very genesis of it, you were praying for kids on the playground. And now fast forward, you you have this gift. And uh, you give it, you um, are giving to your um, auntie preacher. And then all of a sudden you are guided into enhancing that gift on into college. So North, Northeastern Oklahoma A&M is, is near Oklahoma City. It's actually um, past Tulsa. So they call it the Four Corners. It's so like right in the corner of Oklahoma. Um, and then it's like really like 20 minutes. You can be in a different state, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, how was your time over at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M? And what was something that you learned 
outside of the classroom that helped you a whole lot more? It was amazing. It was a small junior college, you know, um, and I had a lot of um, like family and people that I went to school with. They went up there too, you know, some of my football players and um, and I was a trainer there. And so what was fun was that as I was learning therapy, I was able to apply what I was learning to the athletes, you know, so it was almost like I felt like I was running the the rehab department in the training room. (laughs) And again, you know, it just felt good to be um, an asset you know, to, to be able to help people and see the results, you know? And so they all became like my big brothers, you know, um, just had great relationships. Even to this day, like I run into them sometimes, talk to them on Facebook, just a great connections, great relationships, learned a lot (laughs) there. Um, even I think coming from Oklahoma city, which was very diverse going into a very small town, um, learned a lot. Uh, <laughs> I remember thinking at that time in Oklahoma City, even just, you know, as a girl, um, we have four malls, you know, I go there, they have Walmart. And it's like, that's it. <laughs> you know, but I will say this, I will say this. One thing I did learn too is um, wisdom, because I experienced some racism while I was up there. I didn't realize that um, one of the head or the red dragons of the KKK lived in downtown Miami. So here I am. And I just, and another thing too, I thank God for grace and divine protection. Um, But we do get to use wisdom. That was the first time I was called the N-word in my life was there, you know? So I definitely learned a lot, um, grew a lot, you know, when I was down there as well too. Yeah, real talk. Um, I I have a similar story. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Shout out to the Queen City. And then I moved down to Southern Kentucky, right on the border there's like a little corner where you have Kentucky and Tennessee and Virginia. I grew up like right there deep in the Appalachian, or I'm sorry, I went to school right there um, deep in the Appalachian mountains. And it was a, a total culture shift going from a city of 2 million people at the time to a town of 1500 at the most. You yeah. know what I mean? It was, it was, it was very different. It was a coal miners town walmart and everything closed at 10 o'clock i wasn't i was used to like going out at night and like you could go to walmart but the walmart that was open was about 30 minutes away and um there was definitely racism down there as well i i never what i never got what i never got used to was the fact that i would walk into a store and people would just give me these dirty looks for no reason you know, the dirtiest looks like, uh, get out of here. You know, like you don't belong here type of looks like, yeah. why are you even born? Those type of looks, you know, yeah. um, it really, it, it, it bugged me at first, but I never, nobody never approached me in any crazy ways. They always kept their distance. And yeah. also I was, I was a Christian at the time too. So I would always say, <laughs> I would, you know, that's probably like kept me safe as well as, you know, I would think to myself, they don't know God's love. I was like, mm-hmm. obviously that person doesn't know God's love because yeah. if they did, they would, they would like know that you're supposed to love your neighbor as you love thyself or that they don't like, they don't know that love for themselves and therefore they can't love others as well. I still, heck, I still believe that. Um, but yeah, it's when you go from the bigger city to a smaller town where that racism is there, man, it's just a, it's an experience, yo. It's it is. Experience. It's, 
It is. That that is so beautiful. I love how you said that, you know, um, if they really knew the love of God, you know, or even knew the word to love thy neighbor as thyself. And if they love themselves, you know, they wouldn't act or respond or react that way. You know, I will say this though, too, um, even though I experienced racism, I'm so glad for my mother. Cause I remember that when I, when I was called that, it, it kind of shocked me. I was, I was like stuck for a moment, you know, and I was at the laundry mat with my best friend. Her name is Kim too. And we were like, wait, what just happened? You yeah. know? And, and so I called my mom and I was upset and I was hurt. And she said, Kim, y'all get your stuff and get back to the campus. You don't know who's down there, you know? And so I'm so glad that she was a voice of reason, you know, for us at that time. And my mom, she's experienced, she was from St. Louis, but she's experienced, you know, some racism, Mm -hmm. you know, but she was able to keep us grounded, you know, and not, and to calm us down. But I will also say though, um, I met some beautiful people down there too. The first time I had beans and cornbread <laughs> was from a beautiful Caucasian family, yeah. like at this church, you know, like we went to visit this church. I went with some of the football boys and they, they knew we were broke students. And so they wanted, they were like, Hey, why don't y'all come out to, to our house for dinner? We were like, yes, <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> and they were so kind. Mm-hmm. And so it shows you the difference. It's not about a color. It's not about a race. It's not about a class. It's about what do you have the love of God on the inside of you? Because yeah. when you do it, it you can feel it, mm-hmm. you know, it's tangible mm-hmm. and it shows in the fruit that you possess. Amen. Amen. You definitely, uh, and you attract who you are as well. Um, those those pe- the people that are full of that love they will definitely be attracted to you and their clamor around you uh the the same thing happened with me after i graduated from college i went and i had like my internship um my i became a teacher assistant over in a small town called pineville old uh coal mining town that where the highway it went right by their town. And and like, it was so funny because the highway used to go through their town, but then they threw, uh, had like a bypass to go around it, and the town had never been the same. Mm-hmm. But as I digress, I went with me, student teaching there. I um, coached the high school football team and I started a kickball league for the middle school. And this was like when me not getting paid, you know what I mean? Like I really dug into, I was tutoring, and people love that. People love that about me. And they and, and a guy who's a older guy, shout out to Darwin. Uh, he was an OG in the, the city, but he like this, this guy was OG in the city to where he had multiple businesses. And one of the businesses was a, was a, a movie theater where he used to show porn like this guy. Yeah, this guy was <laughs> wild. I love Darwin. He's awesome. He's the best. Right. So. <laughs> So it, uh, Darwin actually, he said he retired in order for me to have a job there in the city. And that's how much he wanted me there. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Like really, really embraced me. Um, so yes, you, you, there was so many beautiful souls down there. Shout out to everybody in Pineville. If you're listening to this, I love you so much. And, um, I really, it, it really showed me the, the, like the true power of the human spirit. And, uh, like you said, the creator's love, you know? Yeah. And even how we show up, you know, because if you show up with the love, you know, love is like the highest vibration, right? Mm -hmm. It supersedes everything. And so no matter what resistance you get, we have to be the change in the world we want to see, you know, who's that Gandhi? 
And when you show up in that way, <laughs> when you show up in that way, it is it's just amazing what happens, the trickle down effect of that. So I think that's so beautiful. Mm. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Now, after you graduated, uh, you went right into being a physical therapist assistant. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long did you do that for? And uh, how was that experience? Yeah. So I um, I'm still licensed and it's been almost 20 years. (laughs) I know. I know it's crazy. Like time flies that fast. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I went uh, started doing that probably about a year, year and a half. Then I went back to school at OSU um, in Stillwater to get a degree in athletic training. Then I realized it was too much politics with that. And so <laughs> I fired myself before I even could finish. And so then I went back into doing you know, therapy. So yeah, it's been about 20 years, um, almost 20 years that I've been doing licensed to do physical therapy. Outstanding. But you've also, uh, you also have a hustler spirit. So you have, it seems like three businesses uh, as far as entrepreneurship. You're a life coach, and you're a licensed realtor and you have a T-shirt line. Did you always have this uh, entrepreneurship within you in this hustler, hustler spirit? You know, <laughs> Charles, I would tell you, yes, it w- is something that's been embedded in me since the beginning. I remember I was looking at my diary. I think I was eight years old. What eight? And I didn't now I believe my um, my grandfather, which they passed when I was really, really young. So I really didn't know him that well. Um, and then my grandmother, she was a beautician. My grandfather had like a barbecue diner in St. Louis, but I didn't even really know them, you know. And so but I know I remember when I was reading my diary, I think I was around eight years old. One of the things that I said was that I was going to have multiple businesses. And I'm, so when I read it as an adult, I was like what kid <laughs> <laughs> like this is interesting like right? it just it really blew my mind i was like okay wow so that that spirit has been in me for for a long 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 time even i'm gonna tell you another secret again that thinker mm. so i remember i was in seventh grade in middle school and um we, i was in this technology class now charles i'm gonna i'm gonna date myself a little bit that's when the computers were huge <laughs> and you had to go for you too <laughs> i remember <laughs> yes and you had to go to the computer lab you couldn't just carry a computer with you and so i remember thinking at that time i said you know what if, if I could create something that was like a smaller computer that people could carry with them and like business people could carry it with them on the airplane whenever they have to travel. And if they need to, whenever they make it to their destination, they can connect like to the printer and print off their work. That way they don't have to wait until they, they can actually get stuff done at the time. And I was like, that's so great. Like, that's a great idea. I told my mom about, it. she was like, that's great. You know, but that's, like that and that was before laptops that was before ipads that was before iphones i'm uh, like listen you should, you should I, was like, that. I didn't know how right? <laughs> <laughs> yes and so oh my gosh so when i hear kids like have these amazing creative ideas you know I always love to encourage them to, okay, how can we get this, you know, going? How can we get this on the market? Who can we talk to? Because I remember having that good, great idea as a kid and not doing anything with it. And then somebody else came out with it later, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) So obviously, obviously uh, you think outside of the box and um, so, so like, which your transit? So, which one of these businesses did you begin first? By the way, realty, uh, being a realtor, t-shirt line, or the life coach? Um, so, real estate. I started about three years ago. 
you know, just, I wanted to do something just, and I started it part-time, mm-hmm. you know, so I was still doing therapy. I felt I wanted to be able to do something else to bring in another source of income mm-hmm. where I didn't have to physically touch someone, you know what I mean? Um, but where I could still help. Cause I love when I first got my place, you know, I remember it was a realtor that reached out to me and was like, Hey, can I ask you a personal question? And I was like 21, 22. And just with her opening up that conversation and me and just opening up the exposing me to the possibility, I was able to buy a condo. And so I love helping first time home buyers. So I just another place to serve, right? <laughs> another place to serve. So I've only been doing real estate for three years. Um, and then the clothing line, I've had that for it's just been a couple years. And so it's everything's kind of jumbled together, mm-hmm. you know, but and how that you want me to tell you how that got started? Please. <laughs> okay, so um how that got started, literally, I was going through, you know, my own personal healing journey. It really, really, really started after my broken engagement. And we can jump back to that in a little bit. Okay. But I remember going through a really, really dark place after that. And I'm the person that is the bright light, right? But I found myself in a dark place, a dark space. I was depressed. Um, I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, it was just, it was so, so I felt rejected. Yeah. I felt, I mean, it was just so many different emotions that I went through. And I remember my best friend had bought me this shirt that said, God's will is perfect. And I will wear that shirt just to remind myself, like, you know what? Okay. Your will is perfect. It don't feel perfect right now, but okay. It is, you know? And so, um, I remember I would go to the mirror, the mirror like daily and just like affirm myself. I had no idea what affirmations were. I just felt like I needed to look at myself in the mirror, even in tears and tell myself, you are loved. You are special. You are worthy. You are the daughter of a King, you know, and just you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a masterpiece. You are beautiful. You are kind. You Mm. are enough. You know, so I would just say that sometimes even in tears. And I remember one day I, I was asleep, had a dream and I saw this beautiful chocolate um, woman with this big curly hair in this shirt, black shirt with red writing that said, you are loved. Mm. And I woke up and I was just like, so in that healing process, I had a lot of experiences with just supernatural experiences with God. Um, and I remember waking up thinking like, okay, the Lord's just telling me that he loves me, you know, and I, I just felt it. I received it. And, and I noticed one thing even with that old t-shirt, then when I would wear that shirt, God's will is perfect. Not only would I have to look in the mirror and remind myself, let it minister to me, it ministered to other people. So when I saw the girl in the dream and I just really felt like the Holy Spirit saying, write it down. So I was like, okay. So I got up, wrote it down and all the other things he would kind of drop in my spirit. I, I would just get up and write it down, you know? And then that's when he birthed, you know, it was probably like maybe eight, nine months, close to a year later, he started telling me to put them on t-shirts because not only will it minister to you, the person that's wearing it, it's going to minister to other people. So I wear my shirts and sometimes people are like, oh my God, I needed to, I needed to hear that. I needed to see that. Thank you so much. I needed to be reminded of that today. And I'm like, wow. So God does never does anything one-sided. Not only is it blessing me and healing me and doing something in me when I look at it, when I wear it and I can feel it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's also doing something for someone else. Amen. Amen. Just, just their discipleship just goes in so many ways. (laughs) It does. (laughs) I love it. 
<laughs> you so your your you said your self this self development and inner healing started with your broken engagement, um, yeah. and that's what then like brought this journey for you to become a, a life per, uh, go and uh, for you to go into Life Purpose Institute and become a life coach. Uh, so, what idiot out there broke his engagement with you? <laughs> you know, you know. I'm gonna say this. I'm grateful now that I look back on it um, because, you know, again, nothing is wasted, you know, and one thing I learned is that we all have choice. And um, and then I also had to realize that there were some broken parts of me, even though I'm a good person, have a good heart, love people. There was still some brokenness in me that attract, like you said, you attract who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there was still some broken places in me that attracted some of the broken places in him, mm. you know? And so, um, so I'm, I'm grateful now hurt then. Oh my gosh. Had to, and let me tell you, you know, some things, even when we talk about forgiveness and forgiveness is so powerful, but, um, some things are easy to forgive. You step on my foot. Oh, you know, I know you didn't mean it. You know, um, you say something, crazy to me. You know, you just had a bad day. Okay. I, I know you just had a bad day, but heavy stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you it. I went through a process of learning how to forgive in faith. I never had, you know, and this is another lie that people say, you have to have closure. This person needs to come back and apologize to you. This person needs to let you know that never happened. Yeah, That never happened, Charles. I mean, I was like almost like blindsided in a sense, but it matured me in a way. It grew me in a way. It took me on a path. Once I finally started saying, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm not obviously not going to get any closure from this person. This is obviously making no sense. Um, and I said, Lord, forget him right now. What are you teaching me? Oh, <laughs> oh, listen. And that right there is responsibility mm -hmm. and anybody that's going through any situation and you're so focused on the wrong thing. This person did this to me, this person, and we're kind of stuck in that victim. And no, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we have been the victim and that is real. However, do we want to stay in that space? You know? And so once I got out of that space and was like, okay, forget this. What are you teaching me? Oh my God. I was like, I, I don't even have time to focus on him. <laughs> I need to focus on me right now. You know, so it, again, that's when it just kind of opened up that path and the journey to healing. And it was so, it wasn't harsh. Yeah. It wasn't, um, it was just like, Ooh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was so like the Holy spirit. I feel was so gentle with me mm -hmm. in the process, you know, and, and just, it was just, it was such a beautiful beautiful thing, even though it was a challenge, you know, it was, it was still, cause healing anything is a challenge, you know, but it was still a beautiful journey. The, so if you don't mind telling us what did, what did you learn? Goodness. Um, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned one about forgiveness. I'm even forgiving myself. I learned that, um, you know, one thing too, I didn't realize that I had some codependency issues, you know, so I learned that about myself. I learned that, um, oh God, it, it's just like, I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing a book. <laughs> and so it'll most likely be in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, but Charles, I just learned so much about me being responsible, you know, um, for your own healing, being intentional with your own healing. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned that I made marriage an idol, 
and I made him an idol. Mm. I didn't even realize that because, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, marriage is good. And it is. It's the first institution God created. It's amazing when it's in his right place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I learned, oh gosh. And that, that was a big lesson. I was like, oh my God, did I, I put that above God? I mm-hmm. put him above God, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah. And I feel like this too, even when we talk about idols, whether they're, um, and sometimes we don't realize we're doing it, you know, but whatever I feel, especially as a believer, mm-hmm. whatever you make an idol, God's coming for it. Ooh. He's coming for it. Cause real this tough. is, a <laughs> yeah, real tough. <laughs> he knows, like, and he does it out of his love because think about this. Sometimes we're like, Ooh, that's harsh. No, it's out of love because he knows that he's the only thing that will never fail you period. You know, so when we put people on pedestals, I don't care who they are, leaders um, of the government, um, your pastors, your parents, your uh, spouse. You can never put anybody above him because he knows that we're human and we, we your job, like any, it will fail you. He will allow it to because he knows later on down the line, it's going to hurt you more if I don't allow this to fail you right now to get you redirected back on me. You know, so those are some of the major, major lessons. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- what, what, what fascinating stories. And yes, th- those idols, when you appreciate something more than you appreciate love the love for yourself the love for (laughs) others the love for the creator when you like get like when you ignore or you negate or neglect those things that are such a big part of yourself um like the creator or like your your own emotional physical mental health it's all going to tear apart because you're you're seeking validation from something from the outside um let's not let's not say you let's say anybody myself in fact with you know, my ex-wife, I was seeking that validation and acceptance from her because it felt good. It felt amazing mm-hmm. to feel like I was being accepted, to feel like there was I was good enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I was good enough on the inside. Mm-hmm. But her attention, um, her beauty, um, her amazing energy all directed towards me helped me feel that feeling. I, I really had never felt before on a deep on the deepest level and when I appreciated that so much and too much I got away from finding out who I truly was I was even I wasn't even on the path I was nowhere near the path you know I was yeah. trying to find the sunset and I was headed east you know what I mean mm-hmm. and you know once once I put her like put her down as the idol and stopped and really stopped trying to satisfy her more than anything and really looked at myself, that's when everything changed. And that the path towards um, becoming my true authentic self and that path towards healing really expedited. It, I mean, it, it, it definitely made the trip a whole lot shorter and a whole lot more impactful. That's so beautiful. And I so can relate like what you talked about the validation, because I remember, you know, a lot of my friends had been married, you know, and some divorced, (laughs) you know, it's like they got married and then three years later they were divorced. And then so you feel like you're missing out. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when I remember when he, um, you know, one thing I'd always felt with him, he was he was a good guy, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and then one thing I always felt was protected. 
you know, and um, and he was a like a manly man too. You know, he was in the military. He was a provider. Like, you know, he like I got this. And then the other thing coming out of a, a previous relationship where I felt like I had to beg the person, when are we going to spend time together? Like, can we go out this weekend? Like, what's up? Like, when are we going to hang out? I felt like I was begging that person. This man came into my life, like, and wanted to be in my face almost to the point to where it was like, ho, ho, ho. Like, this is a lot, but wait, this is what I've been wanting. Yeah. You know, this, this is what I've been needing. And so he's given me all this attention and taking me out all the time and just spending time with me and, and, and um, just, you know, giving me these things that I needed. And then when he asked propose, it was like, Oh, I have arrived. Yes. <laughs> Somebody finally sees I'm a good woman, you mm-hmm. know? And so that whole validation, you know, instead of really knowing who I was, period with or without anybody with or without money with or without anything i am still enough i am mm-hmm. still the daughter of a king you mm-hmm. know of the king you know but uh, at that time it was like oh no <laughs> like this is what's validating me this is what's giving me you know that that i need you know so i totally can relate yeah. totally totally and uh he spoke your love language and when somebody speaks your love language especially fluently like Quality time apparently is your love language, dude. If, 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 if you know one of them, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> we all have multiple, but like yes. with quality time being one of your love languages, and he like speaking it so fluently and wanting the same des- and having the same desires, you're like, yeah. oh, this is part. Look, look at us. We are on the same frequency. We are on the same boat right here. It's all good. Yeah, and even and, as a woman being wired for security, you yeah. know, being wired to be protected, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling like, oh, okay. Like, I don't have to fight for myself anymore. I can, like, I can be a lady, you yeah. know, like just, and yeah, just naturally kind of gravitating to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Tony Absolutely. Robbins, he talks about the the six human needs and one of the human needs is certainty. So with mm-hmm. you feeling that sense of certainty with him as well, man, that just like everything. He was like the package, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. you know, the one thing that, that you never know what was missing from that, you know, it's like. Um, I, I, so with my ex-wife, you know, I went through all these things and learned so much. And she taught me that if you don't grow after you break up with someone, then you're going to make the same mistake and get with the same type of person. So mm-hmm. now that I have my girlfriend, I'm g- taking her through the ringer. I'm doing all the things that I didn't do with mm-hmm. my ex with her. So all my dirty little secrets, um, communicating my love languages and making sure that I'm happy more than anything. Like Mm -hmm. I know that I control my happiness and I know that she controls hers. Mm -hmm. So, so therefore I never go at it to a a, a place of, you know, Oh, you're not making me happy. It's like, Oh no, what do I need? What Mm -hmm. do I need? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if it's something that she can do as far as speaking my love language, then great. But if I need to go serve in order to feel that, uh, that, um, sense of significance and love and connection and I need to go serve. It's not on her. Yes. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't yes. make me happy. She contributes to my happiness. Yes. You know, and Absolutely. It's, it's a game changer. It's a, it's a total it game changer. And it's a weight lifter because uh, no one, no one, we should not carry that weight for anybody and we should not put that weight on anyone Mm -hmm. that's so that's responsibility that's absolute responsibility and that's what makes you that's what makes you different as well because a lot of people would have stayed in that victim role and would have just gotten angry and bitter 
But instead, like with you taking that responsibility, it gives you a way to that healing. You know, if uh, uh, the the thinker within you just sparked on that natural gift gift within you just sparked, and it's like, okay, I I, I don't need to sit here. I, I have something that's bigger than me on my side. So God, that you you talk to the Creator, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Like God, what do I need to learn from this, dude? And you know, the thing that you asked for the Creator, anything that you ask from the Creator, He's going to give you an answer. Ask yes. and you <laughs> shall receive. Okay. So. <laughs> that is huge like congratulations yeah. on that that's that's thank that's you. outstanding i'd really admire you for that thank you thank you likewise <laughs> so, so for you you felt like you were you needed more purpose you know what i mean it, yeah. and, and that's when you ran into the life purpose institute walk us yeah. through that yeah so yeah i had gotten to a space in my life after doing therapy for so long and and this is the thing too when we talk about purpose sometimes people put it in a box and i actually have a t-shirt and a hoodie that says I'm not created to fit in a box, Mm. (laughs) you know? And so sometimes we put it in this box and it's only supposed to look like this, you know, but I I believe purpose has a way of manifesting in many different ways. And so, and I believe purpose too, is also connected to just your natural giftings that God has put within you, you know, that like, I don't, I just believe everyone, there's a gift that God has put in everyone that the world needs. And sometimes in this season, it may look like this. And then you go into a next season, it may look a little different, but it's still like the same gifting, just maybe rewrapped, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so I have been doing therapy a while and then, um, I got into doing real estate part-time, um, and oh, my little light went out and, um, <laughs> you shine and, through that light. No worries. You're okay, still shining. Okay, I'm still shining. Just the glow, the glow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and so I just remember feeling like, you know, there's, there's more in me, like there is more in me. And I just remember also just thinking, okay, what? what am I, I just, what am I naturally good at? And then I started remember seeing like all these life coaches popping up. I'm like, what is life coach? What is this coaching thing? You know? And I just felt a little drawn to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just remember checking into it and I just Googled, you know, cause I'm like, I, I feel like I need more fulfillment. Like I love what I do with, with therapy. Literally I started listening to the feedback and I would hear some of my clients say, you know, I really didn't want you to come. Cause I was doing home health at, at the time. And they were like, I really didn't want you to come and do, I didn't want to do, I didn't feel like doing therapy. I wasn't feeling well, but every time you leave, I feel so much better. And it's not just my body. Like you make me feel better. And I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, I think that's wonderful. I'm so glad, you know? And so I remember I had one um, older lady, she said, you're like an upper. I'm like, what is an upper? You know? And she's like, you just like anybody that's down, you could just bring them up, you know? And I'm like, so I started listening to the feedback and then I started looking at kind of like my life and what I do. And just naturally, like when it comes to even my friends, I remember one time it, at my family, one time I was with my um, sister and brother-in-law mm-hmm. and they were like arguing about something. I said, okay, what she's trying to say is this. And what he's trying to say is this. And they were like, yeah, I'm like, y'all are crazy, <laughs> but it would just flow so naturally. So I started getting drawn, like, okay, I feel like I'm, there's more, I want more fulfillment, you know, in life. Like there's something deeper that's calling, calling like out of me or something. I don't know. So I just looked up life purpose, you know? And so anyway, life purpose Institute 
popped up with life coaching Mm -hmm. and I looked up life coaching. That's what I Googled. Life Purpose Institute came up and I was like, that just kind of feels right. (laughs) You know, just like that again, these knowings. And so clicked on it and they were, you know, I I got a chance to interview with the school and they interviewed us on zoom and they just, and I was like, Whoa, okay. I didn't know they were going to do all that. I thought it was just going to be like this webinar. They're going to just explain something, but they got on live, you know, with us explain what life coaching was and I was just like, that's something that I kind of do already. Yeah. I could see myself doing that, you know, and just having the extra tools that I need, you know, to be able to serve people however they need it, you know? And so, yeah, that's what, that's what drew me just seeking that whenever there was like, there's this, um, um, verse and I don't, I can't say the whole thing, but it's, it's, it's something about deep calling to deep. Like there was something within me that was calling out for more, yeah. you know? And so I was just being drawn to, and I'm very, again, not religious, but spiritual, you know, and I have that relationship. So it's like when I'm, it's almost like the, the, a GPS system that kind of guides me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so fu- I, I, I can only imagine how outstanding you are as a life coach um one because you've always had this natural intuition whether it be from thinking outside of the box like you did with the computer and thinking of the laptop or whether it be you going to your auntie reverend's house uh, and um and like working on her even though you didn't know like what and how to do things you know what i mean and that and also that that amazing ability that uh to just care that that unfiltered love that you give that right there all in all i i feel as though it just makes you already fit to be an amazing life coach thank you yeah. thank you i would definitely say that you know um i know it's not me you know i know it's not all me it's not there are times when i've been in a session you know with the client and you know, and I, one thing too, I'm a believer. So you're going to get a sprinkle of Jesus. Just oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring it all. I, know, I love I Jesus. Pray, uh. Right. We love Jesus. <laughs> I pray, you know, for my clients. And even before I do a session, I just ask the Holy Spirit to come in and just, you know, this is your child, you know, whatever you want to do with them, what just use me. I'm the vessel, yeah. you know? So there are times when I use the book and, you know, and I, you know, okay, fill out these forms, but then there are times when I could feel like, okay, this has shifted. <laughs> like there's no way I could have come up with this question there's no way I could have come up with this you know you know period I'm like I know that was the Holy Spirit and then you it's amazing to see the breakthroughs like sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just watching like <laughs> where's the popcorn okay you do your thing you know <laughs> yeah 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 tell us tell us uh one of your um favorite success stories from the before and after yeah um let me think Goodness. And I'm now I'm just I've just kind of started this journey. So let me let me think of a couple people. Okay. Um, okay. I would say I had a client that had gone through um a divorce. Mm-hmm. And you know, she, I mean, just a lot of um a, a lot of deep deep work that needed to be done. Now I'm not a counselor, you know, coaches, we're not counselors, we're not therapists. And sometimes we tap back, we just tap back into the past to kind of help it make sense so we can help move you forward. Um, But I would say that, you know, um, 
seeing her just break through and it's never like one big thing. It's like mm. the little breakthroughs that lead to just living the life that you really desire. You know what I mean? So, and so what mm-hmm. condition was she in when you first met her? Like, how was she feeling? Oh, <laughs> she was, um, I mean, I would say there was a lot of disappointment. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of, um, even um, one word I would say too, there was at first a lot of deception, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of that, you know, um, and even a lot of, um, because she was such a supporter right. um, that she neglected herself, right. you know, so being able to bring her back to the place of reminding her, you know, that, okay, what about you? You know, right. you're important too. you know, and the, the, the specific things that she wanted. Cause you know, sometimes, you know, people have this, okay, well, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to, you know, um, whatever those goals are, right. you know, those are great to have, but if you don't have those, those foundational things, it's never going to be sustainable, right. you know? So if you don't have healing in some of those certain areas, you know, it's never going to be sustainable. So we were able to kind of just bring up and help her understand like why you you're saying you want this at the surface, you know, but let's take care of this first. Then you can start really, you know, having what it is that you truly, truly desire. So, yeah, but just seeing her breakthrough um, in loving herself more in understanding her value more and understanding her worth more um, and hitting some of the goals that she wanted to hit, like breaking through some places of fear, you know, um, it was just it was just a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Uh, Congratulations. That's awesome. And just to walk her in that process, it was it was really it was beautiful to just kind of see her like bud open, you know, right. and open up her heart. Now, she's not in a relationship or anything like that. You know, she's still like, I'm awake. But right. just to see her living again, you know, because she is like she put her life on pause for so long. But just to kind of see her living again and really finding out who she who she is and how important she is. Such a beautiful transformation. Uh, That's outstanding. You are going to (laughs) blow up as a coach. Just keep up, keep on going. And here on the drop your baggage podcast, we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And that technique is mental and emotional release that we're going to be doing today is an NLP technique. And um, by the way, I am also not a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist or a social worker or any of those things. I'm just an alternative to all of those amazing healing modalities. And uh, you can thank my lawyer for that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, So but we are going to release some triggers today and you wanted to release some triggers around the fear of the unknown. You talk about Mm -hmm. that a little bit. Yeah. Yes. So I'm in this space um, of transitioning. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've been doing it's, it's interesting. I've been doing therapy, you know, 20 years, still licensed. Um, you know, real estate does this, <laughs> you know, is, 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 you know, great when it's great. And, you know, when it's not, it's, you know, not, you know, but, um, you know, just I really feel, again, that calling to, OK, Kim, there are people waiting on you. You know, whether it is um, through coaching, whether it's through um, getting this, you know, this book that I never thought about writing a book, Charles. I I mean, I like to read. You know, I used to love to write when I was in college and high school, love to write. But 
when I was led again <laughs> to write, I'm like, right, what? You know, and so, but I'm, but the, the thing about me is I'm learning to be available. Okay. You, right. Holy Spirit drops this in me. All right. Cause I know I don't have to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to do it on my own. So we, we in this thing together, <laughs> you know? And so um, I just feel like, you know, going into this space of true entrepreneurship, cause it's different. You could be an entrepreneur, you know, but when you have, you know, something steady, you know, or, you know, that you have this right here, it's, it's, it's uh, you, you feel okay, mm. you know, but that whole, okay, what does this even really, really, really look like? You know, it's just a little fear there. Cause it's just, it's a different, it's uncharted territory for me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Big, big time. The, that is a scary transition. I, I, I had the, a similar transition where I was a teacher and educator and used to getting my check on that first and 15th. And then switch over to becoming an entrepreneur and, um, you know, searching for leads or, or attracting different leads. And depending on things like sales funnels and ads and word of mouth and, you know, giving free coaching sessions and all these different things in order to build a business and, you know, and build this empire that we're trying to that we're that we're building. And it, it definitely is not the same when the, the checks just aren't the same amount, you know, when you're used to this quality of not this quality of living because the quality of life hasn't gone down. But this uh, a certain amount that made me personally feel so much so much certainty and also mm-hmm. a little bit of a significance at, <laughs> at times as well. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. How, how does it affect how does it affect you on a day to day? The fear of the unknown. Um, I will honestly say sometimes it um I, I can find myself um being stuck. Like, oh, okay. I don't need to get this done. But what does this even look like? You know, sometimes I get stuck in my head, (laughs) you know, like, okay, I'm working on this, I'm building, you know, these things, I'm working on getting this done. But who, how am I going to, who is this for? You know, like, who am I really called to? Like, and so then it's like, then I can find myself a little bit in procrastination mm-hmm. in all honesty. Um, so I think those are ways that it affects me day to day. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. The um, There's four uh, major steps to change. Step number one, you got to get rid of the old mindset. You got to raise your vibrations. If your goals have a high vibration, if your income has a high vibration, if the things that you want to do have a high vibration, then you have to raise your vibrations where where, uh, where those are. And therefore, your thoughts are the vibrations into the universe. So mm-hmm. you have to raise your vibrations by getting rid of your negative emotions, limiting beliefs and insecurities. Number two is you got to set a goal and you've already set the goal. It's just that you can't get your thoughts or your vibrations high enough to take action and reach those goals. So you already have to have the goal. Once you release the negative emotion and you have your goal, step number three is to take action. Take those small actions. That's when you are telling the subconscious mind through your actions, through your, your body that, hey, th- this is real. What we're doing right here is we're breaking through. And we're taking action on things no matter what. You know what I mean? We may not know uh, where the tunnel leads, but guess what? We see a light at the end of it. So, so it's just about failing forward because the yeah. sex, the 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 the, sex, the um the path to success 
goes mm-hmm. through failure, mm-hmm. goes straight through failure. So you have in order to be successful, you have to fail forward. If you don't fail, you, I, I don't know anyone that has had any type of success that hasn't failed at something, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean, throughout their path. And the fourth, of course, is to stay focused on what you want. Don't let anything else distract you, including your your negative emotions or limiting beliefs. Keep reminding yourself of what your your goal is and keep your vibrations high. That's about it. That's what it is all about, too, is because your vibrations may lower. Your thoughts may be negative at times, but to keep those vibrations higher. So what we're going to do is that first step. We're going to get rid of the negative emotion or um, the limiting belief today, that fear of the unknown. And you already have your goals. So just take action on those goals and also remind yourself through your faith in the creator that no matter what, that what, how does, how does it go? All things are possible through Christ. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So you know you it's got, possible. You got, literally, I said that earlier today, like yeah. in my prayer. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom. So <laughs> once you have that strength and that resolve, take that action. Your subconscious is going to be like, you know what? You're right. And then once you have that breakthrough, then you'll have another and another. And it'll just intensify more and more over time. And that's when you'll have um, more blessings of confidence and consciousness and uh, amazing ideas uh, and creativity for your uh, for yourself and your clients. All right. All right. Ah, let's get it. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I want to know, like, I want you to go into that state real quick of having that fear of the unknown. How does it feel internally? You got me over here sweating, by the way. I, it's like I've done a workout over here. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. I got this natural deodorant and it doesn't have an antiperspirant. So it's just, yeah. I don't stink, but goodness That's gracious. It's so, so funny. Just <laughs> some paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> it's all love it's all love it's all i ain't love. tripping i ain't tripping i just looked down i was like oh my god um, the, um uh as i digress um if you can go back into that no I, I would like you to go into that that state of that fear of the unknown how does it feel in your body yeah you know? anxious anxiety like sometimes um you know because what comes along with the fear of the unknown is also fear of like it's lack you know, like, oh, okay, am I gonna have enough? You know, right. Um, okay, right now, this is what I have right now that I'm working with, and I that's about to run out, you know. And so it's just like, and then panic, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I could feel my heart racing, you know, if I start thinking about it. There have been times I've I've waken up like, oh, okay, what do you do? What are you gonna do? How are you gonna do this? You know, mm-hmm. you're the only one you can really depend on, you know, mm-hmm. or I feel like that, you know, and mm-hmm. so okay, girl, what you got to get this thing together, you know, and then, then even with that, it's like, then I feel this, um, um, how is it? It's almost like, not only do when I feel that it's almost like it, it, um, freezes me sometimes, Mm -hmm. like I get frozen, like, and then the procrastination comes, you know, instead of me moving forward and taking action, it's like freeze. You know, I think that's just like a, one of those, what, fight, flight or freeze. Yeah, yeah. One of those things I, I freeze sometimes. And it's like, OK, Kim, you need to knock out some deadlines. But right. it's just like I want to, but I get stuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, so those are the things that um, that I feel. Definitely the anxiety, the panic, the um, the nervous energy. Um, the 
girl, what you going to do? <laughs> you, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got bills to pay, girl. You need to make sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Real yeah. talk. Real talk. By the way, I want to ask you a, a question. When has it not worked out? <laughs> just making I'll sure. Be- <laughs> yeah yeah just make it yeah sure. <laughs> you're so right oh hey. my gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with this process the mental and em- the, <laughs> the mental and emotional release process um there's there's three things that you need to do number one is you need to use your imagination okay number two you need to follow directions just like you follow a recipe or google maps okay and number three is to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'll be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come out of a place of love and great vibrations. I can feel all the good vibrations <laughs> and love. <laughs> do I need a piece of paper or anything? Nope. Or? Nope. That's all you just those three things. That's all you okay. really need to do. Um now we're gonna go ahead and um we're going to create your your timeline your past can be to your left to your right or behind you if you were to know where's your past okay say that again i got you your (laughs) past can be to your left to your right or behind you if you were to know where is your past it could be to the left to the right or behind me behind me where's your future in front of me perfect all right is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this fear of the unknown today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Absolutely. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you had the fear of the unknown when you were just a little bitty girl I'm talking about elementary age? Let's keep it around seven and earlier. The first time I've experienced fear of the unknown. Mm. And it may be the only thing that's coming to me like right now is. um, And it's something that I saw, but it was never said, but I still saw it. Um, I remember being a kid and then like having to receive food from other people because we didn't have enough. Um, And we were kind of struggling because my dad wasn't able to work and my mom was kind of just kind of handling everything on her own. And so I think sometimes the fear of we never had lights off or anything like that, but it was all I think that's the only thing that's coming to me is are we going to have enough, Mm. you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Is it a fear of the unknown of, or a fear, of, a fear of not having enough? It may be a fear of not having enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Because if that's the first, I mean, if that's what comes to mind and that's what you're losing sleep over, then that's right there is, is the one that, or that's right there is the limiting belief that's keeping you from reaching your fullest potential. From like, That's freezing you. I think that's what it is. Good stuff. <laughs> so I got to, we got to make the decision again, right? Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this fear of not having enough today and for you to be aware of it consciously? 
Absolutely. Awesome. So once again, all you got to do is use your imagination, uh, follow directions and trust the process. So you can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready for the process. I'm ready. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline. All right. The timeline, your past is behind you and flow deeper and deeper and deeper into the past. Above that first event in which you felt that fear of not having enough. When you were just a little girl receiving the goods and just float above that little girl, hover above her, being the observer of the event and everyone that's there, your mom, your dad. And just see that event like a fly on the wall. Let me know when you're there. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Now just stay right there. All right. Seeing the whole event like a fly on the wall. And just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learnings. So that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? This exercise works best when you display compassion and empathy for yourself and others. Focus your attention upon how you're a survivor. Hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from other people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. What is something positive and empowering you can tell yourself and your parents and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that would allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day? And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. They're gone. Awesome. Now with you, with your eyes closed and you observing the event, tell me, what did you learn from the event? I really learned that my mom and dad really did their best with what they had. Mm-hmm. They really did their best with what they had to um, to give us what we needed. Maybe not always what we wanted, but what we needed. Right. Right. Now, looking at the event, tell me, what is something that you can take from the event into the future and to make you a better person? That... Um, one beautiful thing that I can see that I can take with me is the creativity, you know, um, 
one thing that kind of came to me was I remember my mom would add milk to the eggs to make them stretch. Mm -hmm. And she would, you know, um, we would have to drink small glasses of orange juice just to make it last. Mm -hmm. And so one thing is being, being able to be creative and steward over what you have is something that, that I can take. Mm -hmm. That's right. Awesome. Now just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Okay. Now, awesome. Now just float deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. Here. now just imagine floating there weightless in space and ask yourself now where are the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now they are not there awesome awesome now Float down inside the events. Sing through your own eyes as a little girl and check on the emotions. Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared now? They've disappeared. Awesome. Float back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. Mm -hmm. All All right. Listen closely. Float very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt that fear of not having enough from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that fear of not having enough all the way back to now. Go. They're gone, I think. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Make sure. <laughs> yeah. Float down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your experience. That was interesting. Like I felt like, like I was on the outside looking in. Yeah. And, you know, some memories started kind of coming up, you know, to like when there wasn't enough, mm-hmm. you know, but even being able to, what's the word, shift the perspective on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, like there wasn't like a purposeful like mean like you're this is just what you you know what I mean it was just you know I don't know it was just it, I just felt like a greater level of grace mm-hmm. you know 
and understanding and forgiveness, you know, um, of even my unforgiveness and expectation. Yeah. Your unforgiveness of what? I didn't realize that. I guess I was holding something in my heart um, against like my mom, you know, and dad um, for like that, you know, making us drink a little bit of thing of orange juice and, you know, like um, um, teaching us how to only pay this much on the bill, you know, like literally just teaching us how to pay bills and not how to build, you know, it's, but it wasn't their fault. They didn't, they didn't know. They were just trying to survive, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. So it's like seeing those them in a different perspective. Absolutely. Them, seeing them in a different light. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel like you didn't have enough still in those days? In those days, um, I mean, like now has your perspective changed that that what you had then still wasn't enough? I mean, honestly, like, has my perspective changed that what I had then wasn't still enough? No, we survived. (laughs) Like it was obviously it was I wasn't malnourished, (laughs) you know, Um, and a way was always made, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So what you did was, and my bad for not telling you this earlier, every memory is a trigger, right? Every memory is a trigger. And once you change your perspective on that memory or that event, then you get rid of the trigger. Mm-hmm. And also every break, every time you get rid of that trigger, that's a breakthrough. So you get rid of multiple triggers and you have multiple breakthroughs like that Mm. and um what do i want to say so do you smell bacon Mm -mm. okay so no 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 (laughs) just just to change your that's to change your state um (laughs) state of mind so can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot to feel the old emotion of not like having enough yeah i can't really feel the the emotion attached to it right now get used to it (laughs) good (laughs) listen the trigger right that was a trigger because if you remember before I asked you, how does it feel? Yeah. Like, oh, it feels like this. It feels like this. And, you know, anxiety and, you know, panic and all these things. Mm-hmm. So, so like, can you truly go back to those events that you were thinking about earlier and see if you can still feel that old trigger? I don't. I really, <laughs> I don't. I love it. I love it. That's my favorite. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I want mean, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's weird. I mean, it's not weird. It's great, <laughs> you know, but 
Why is it weird? I guess when you get used to dysfunction, even though you don't realize it's dysfunction mm-hmm. uh, and you're used to being, you know, triggered by just a thought or, you know, it's, it's weird in a good way. Not like, you, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's. Hmm. Still looking for it. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> it, It's like, I'm glad. I mean, I, like, I don't feel. Um... It's kind of like that sense of waiting on the other shoe to drop. Yeah. It's like, I know it was there. I know if I think about that, then boom, I just felt it earlier. I know, I know that that, that there, the trigger was right there, you know? And now it's like, wait, I know it was there. I've been, I had this for years, decades. I just sent a message to my spiritual father this morning saying, I feel like I've been holding my breath. Mm. So I was feeling it this morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, Mm -hmm. And now hmm. it's different. Or is it different? It feels like it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, I want you to imagine floating out into the future to an unspecified time in the future, which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you would have felt that fear of not having enough. But it's the future now. So see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. I need to close my eyes. You don't have to. <laughs> so float to the future. Mm-hmm. To an unspecified time in the future, which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you would have felt the fear of not having enough. But it's the future now. So see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. I'm not finding it. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. You just released a bunch of fear. Hmm. Yeah, you're so welcome. You seem to be reveling in it. Kim, what's on your mind? Oh, I'm just I'm grateful. Don't make me cry. Don't you do don't you, don't you do that? <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. Would they be like, ain't God good? Ain't God good. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, oh. Um. Yeah. So it was a heavy burden, huh? Very. Very, very heavy. Yeah. That's why you're so strong. You got used to carrying around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and being strong. After a while, it starts to affect you, your body, you know, um, it's, it's, it's hard to be strong all the time. It is. <sighs> there was a pressure. There was a pressure to be strong all the time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I've yeah. had to. And I'm still learning to unravel that and unwire that you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it's a journey, huh? It is. Yeah. yeah. It we, is. We got to expedite that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Getting rid of a lot of that fear. Yeah. It's beautiful. Very beautiful. Yes. Can you put into words how you feel right now? Lighter and grateful. Like a little relieved. Those are the main three. Lighter. Yeah, it's like you feel like you just lost like 10, 20 pounds. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Uh, yeah. You said relieved. Relieved about what? Just from the pressure. Mm-hmm. Like when something is pressing on you and it's taken off, mm-hmm. then there's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, there's like a relief. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. There. Mhm. hundred percent. Yes. It's like that. Like if you're hitting the weights and you're you get that last you know bench press and you're shaking yeah. and then you're like and then that person comes and picks it up for you. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. thank you because I thought that thing was gonna fall on me. <laughs> you know. One hundred. One hundred. Um. Where do you see, like, now the vision comes, right? Where do you see your life going without that, without those fears of not having enough? I just see, like, more openness to um, abundance in every way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, I just, I feel like, the openness is like the greater part, you know, openness to the possibilities with, I don't know. It's just, I just like open, you know, um, I just, I don't know. Openness and possibility is just what I, what I'm feeling like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the, the possibilities of all the abundance that you can have. Mm-hmm. In every, every way. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like there's so many things that you probably haven't even tapped into that might've been holding you back, you know, due to the actions that you haven't take the, the, the failures that you haven't had yet are preventing you from gaining that, that consciousness and that knowledge of the steps that you need to take in order to move forward. Yeah. And even like um, what I was feeling too, kind of like in the future is almost like, almost like a course correction, you know, cause there was a time when um, I went into real estate investing, mm-hmm. that's still a lot of money. I'm talking about, I had good credit and my credit went from good to bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that made me afraid to fail cause I felt there you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it made me afraid to move. Okay. Don't want to do that again. Don't want to go through that again, you Mm -hmm. know, type of thing, but I don't know. So I feel like the openness is more like you'll recover. Okay. Let's keep, you know, let's keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, what did you learn? Okay. 
now how can we apply this to the next thing, the next mission, the next, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. A resolve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skin got a little thick, uh, thicker from, from, but that's from wisdom though. Cause once you turn that experience and the, the lessons from the experience into value, that's wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. So you got that wisdom. You, you, you've gone through some things that you can now use to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Big time. Absolutely. <laughs> Charles, you, 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 my brother, like, uh. <laughs> You know, we tight now. We tight. You've been so great throughout this process. And I really look forward to this, like evolving more and more into a, an amazing friendship and just like really encouraging each other throughout our journeys. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes and also what is that music in the background oh you can hear that yeah Yeah, it's just i have it on youtube it's um i'll text it to you okay it's live yeah it's just a um a guy playing the piano and it's just like i always listen to music when i'm doing you know, yeah. it's just calming and relaxing. When I do coaching sessions, I play music in the background, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. You set the tone. You set the mood for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that during while you were meditating, I'm like, what is that? Oh, she's playing music. Because initially when we uh, had our had our meet and greet, you had um, ice cream trucks going by. Back I and did? Forth. Yeah, I, th- I think you had ice cream trucks. Do, does ice cream trucks go in your neighborhood? Mm-mm. Oh, so <laughs> it was it was that then it was the the piano or the music playing. It was probably that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was probably something similar to that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't ice cream trucks, <laughs> and it wasn't trap music either. <laughs> I don't. I, I I just can't get down with the the ratchetness of. <laughs> Hey, to each their own, you know. But I, I have to guard what I put in my spirit, because <laughs> I be. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. In the, yeah. <laughs> Kim, thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being a part of my divine appointment and being willing to be used. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for your availability, Charles. Always, always. Uh, please uh, give the crowd uh, some words of wisdom. words of wisdom. One thing that I would leave everyone with is um, to know that you are important, Mm -hmm. that you, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. And there is something within you. Each person, each person, is a gift alone, but there's something within you that the world needs, whether it's a smile, whether it's your hug, whether it's your energy, whether it's, you know, an actual tangible gift that you can give away. Um, And so just know that you get to discover that and you get to discover who you really are authentically, who God created you to be authentically. And it's a beautiful thing. So live life, be the change you want to see in the world and love 
like there is no tomorrow and live in the present moment. Wow. Amen. Thank you all so much for thank you so much, Kim. And, and thank you all so much for your attention and your support and your love. I love each and every one of you all that listen to the Drop Your Baggage podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. This is your host, Charles Wolfwork, uh, the self-talk engineer. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace. Peace. <laughs>